Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Nuwana is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. We got a couple tickets for you to Atmosphere next Thursday at the Wilma. That's November 2nd for those keeping track. You want to go, call us right now, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number 5-888-1029. Pair of tickets to Atmosphere for you next Thursday at the Wilma. Well, first of all, I got to say thanks so much to our main man, Marty Mornaweg, because sometimes Marty puts it in perspective better than all of us bloviating experts, especially when it comes to uh, just the the tangible things that we know to be true. Culture Nuanas here, all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. I had the worst Sunday I've had this entire NFL year. I did not win a single bet on Sunday. All the morning games were these pickums. And, of course, I picked the favorites in pretty much every one of them. And, of course, the home dogs won in every single one of them. Should have known better. We'll get into all that here in just a little while. Sunday night game, I went out on a limb and just picked the Dolphins only because they were underdogs, and I thought that they might be able to make a run at it. And the Eagles have been a little shaky. That didn't come to fruition at all. So last night, because I just wanted to salvage, I almost stayed away, and then I was thinking it was going to be my divorce game where I was going to just fully – not like the Minnesota Vikings anymore. It was going to be my coronation into becoming a 49ers fan. And on the Monday afternoon quarterback, on Monday afternoon, Coach Marty says, no, no, throw all that out the window. He said, it's Monday night football at home at the, you know, one of the nicest stadiums in the NFL. The Vikings are going to play outside of their minds. Don't be surprised if they cover. Don't be surprised if they win. And so I took the advice straight to the machine laid down four different bets, hit on all four of them, and salvaged, broke even for the weekend. <laughs> and I don't even know if I'm proud of it or not, but sometimes just uh, the 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 tangible thing of on Monday Night Football at home is just a hard thing to overcome. Yeah, it shouldn't be. The Vikings are terrible. The Niners are one of the three or four best teams in the league, Colter, and you should not be proud of that. Is the honeymoon with Brock Purdy over, though? Brock Purdy was 10-0. and It's been over for me for a long time. Games that he started that. and finished, and then now he's last two weeks has looked awful. Doesn't have Debo Samuel, doesn't have Trent Williams. Both those True. things matter. Um, but also, there's just going to be lulls in a season. We talk about a lot, Colter, that if you're going to win 12, 13 games, you got to also lose at this point five, four, five, six games. So I think that the Niners are kind of in that slump. I'd be careful this week because they got a tough one against uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals coming into, into town off a of bye week. Um, I don't think that's an easy game at all, and the line would uh, reflect otherwise. Well, let's talk, before we get into some pick the lines and before we get into um, some of the best bets this week, Let's talk first about why all of this is happening. Right now, the NFL is in a a state of flux. I think that the talking heads are losing their minds because they don't have any quarterbacks besides Patrick Mahomes to glom onto because nobody's playing very well right now. Everybody's been up. Jalen Hurts is playing pretty well. He, He had a couple lulls, but he played great on Sunday night for sure. I mean, but in the NFC, for example, who... Who is who's playing well right now? 
out of quarterbacks in the NFC? Well, it's kind of been week to week um, as far as the whole NFL goes, and there's sure. obviously a little bit more power in the AFC. Sure. Um, but I would say that's probably been Jared Goff. Right. That's what, right. Yeah. That's what I was going for. The Detroit Lions I have mean, been playing it's well. Been Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff have been the two most consistent quarterbacks in the NFC. Everybody else has been up and down, if not just flat down. And we're talking about, like, when we get past those first two, then you're looking at guys like Baker Mayfield. He's playing well, and the Bucks are, I think, what are they now? They lost this week, so they're four and three. The Bucks are three uh, and three. Three and three. Um, but still, I mean, that, that was a team that was going to be the bottom five team in the NFL, and they're definitely going to shoot for the playoffs. I mean, this is why I, I do think, though, the mercurial nature of quarterbacks is one thing that's really making this, this season, especially the middle part, hard to bet. Because Lamar Jackson can have the game like he had against Pittsburgh where he was awful and they had eight or ten drops and he's on the sidelines and he's crying and he's rolling his eyes and he's unengaged. And then he has two fourth quarter turnovers and they score ten points and they lose. Then they go to London and he's just eh, whatever, but they win. And they come back and he goes completely nuts. But it just makes it hard to bet. Uh, the, you want to think the Ravens are good. The Ravens are good when Lamar Jackson plays good, but sometimes he might play really bad. That's just one example. The same thing with the Bills. Sometimes you want to believe the Bills are so good. And then sometimes it's like, what are they doing? Are they just running around? Josh Allen's just playing backyard playground football. They don't run anything for him. The, the up and down nature of all of it is is wild. I mean, in the AFC, who's the who do you think has been the second most consistent quarterback? I guess there's two undef- the, uh, unquestionable top two. Consistent guys, but it's been Mahomes for sure, and I'd say Tua for sure. Who do you think's been third? Yeah, and Tua has had you know Tua didn't play great last uh, on Monday night uh, this week against Philly, so we'll see uh, you know how that continues to build. The Dolphins by kind of the the pulse of the league right now have beaten four bad teams and lost to the both good teams That's they right. played. So we'll see how Tua continues to progress. I would honestly say, Colter, it's probably uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think he's That's right. I think That's he's played the, at a very high level. Yeah. I mean, he's not only is he. Uh, efficient and getting the ball out, but he also plays with a winning mentality, which is what he has done historically throughout his career. Yep. And it's kind of, you're starting to see it come to fruition. He he played on a, on a hurt knee on Thursday night, and man, he lit it up. He played really well. Uh, I think that he probably might slot into that in, into that like third spot there. I totally agree. That, no one is now ESPN Radio. All football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sportsbet Montana kiosk near you. Find locations, just go on their website or get the app and just click on locations. I appreciate them for their continued support of all of our football coverage. I wanted to bring up a real quick point before we start talking lines and stuff, Coulter, is the idea of remembering who needs the win and also how much the game matters in the scope of a season. That's right. I overlooked that when it came to Detroit traveling to Baltimore. That's a game they don't need to win. And it's a game that the Ravens, the Ravens do. They want to win at home. Yes. They want to have a good showing. But the Lions yep. shouldn't lose the way they did. But they don't need that game. It's, you know, AFC versus NFC. They're two good teams. You know, you want to have a good showing. But when it starts to get away from you, you kind of just let it go. And there's, yep. a, like, the idea that I said last week that Pittsburgh traveling to L.A. and play the Rams. Rams played really well this year. It would be a tough game. But the Steelers needed that game. They needed that win. Right. Um, you start to look at the reason. of the. We need to see some whys um, when we're answering some of these questions on why does the line look like that, but then who needs it more compared to that? where the line sits? Well, I also got to bring up the other points I think that are contributing to not only the, the games being in flux and there being a lot of inconsistent quarterback play and the scores being low, uh, it, it also comes down to a couple things. First of all, everybody in the league now is running a hybrid-type defense 
where they got all these cover linebackers that can flex out and guard in space and safeties that can roll into a, the box. The positional versatility is unbelievable. The amount of speed on the field defensively is unbelievable. Those things absolutely uh, are influencing defenses ruling the day right now. I also think that there's so many ready-made guys that can step in year one or year two in the league and make impacts right away. And so because of that, the depth on everybody's teams, I mean, look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks, are their, their whole front seven is a complete mess. It doesn't matter. They had 11 sacks on Monday Night Football without one of their first day or, or game one starters healthy on the defensive front because that's how much depth there is now in the league. It might seem like they're all faceless guys because the media doesn't play them up that much, but there's so much depth and the schemes, everybody has been picking from each other, what works here, what works there, and now there's so much technology, you can just blend these crazy game plans. Like, it used to be you run a system on defense, and this this team still runs systems on offense. Everybody runs everything defensively now. Like, when you watch it, there, there's, there's so much versatility in what everybody does, and teams might look completely different schematically from week to week based on the matchup. I think that's the other thing we got to remember is sometimes you might just have a great matchup. Like the Giants have looked terrible all year long, but they had a great plan for for Washington, and boom, they hold Washington to seven points and they win. It's the same thing with like the Bears. Bears have looked terrible, but a couple times they've had the great plan and they've won. So I think that there, there's a lot of that factor factoring into this as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also the positions that were devalued for the last 10 years have become so much more important. You talked about it with the hybrid linebacker culture. Also, safety is such an elevated role right now in the NFL. And it's because they're more common body types and they're, and they're, right. they're, they're people that where you can find more depth at the 6'2", 220-pound guy. Um, and then the defensive lines, I mean, it's just the waves that... that I think now there has been uh, a, a serious change in mentality when it comes to backup defensive linemen because how much teams rotate. Yes. You get so many snaps. You play such an impact. If you're the seventh lineman on a good defensive line team, you're playing a ton. For sure. And so it's like it used to be a little different where you're you're only getting spot minute your snaps. You're playing 18 snaps a game. Now you're playing 40. And Aaron sure. Donald's playing 40. I mean, and everyone's playing 40. You it's see wild. Some of these guys from the Big Sky Conference. Like, you're on the practice squad, and then you get called up to the active roster, and you're playing. You're, you're not like you're a playing. backup. You are yeah. in games. Like, Jonah Williams from Weaver State went from a practice squad guy the first two weeks of the year in, in Los Angeles for the Rams to, boom, he's starting. I mean, he, he is – you are one injury away. And I mean, starting just means that you get the first snap. You're playing right, this equal right. as but everyone Everybody's else. playing yeah. 25, yeah. 30 snaps, and they just rotate and, so much. I also think that there's uh, just an, an element now, too, where – Teams just, there isn't this awe and intimidation factor with anybody. Anybody. The only team or guy that has it left is Patrick Mahomes. And the rest of the time, it's like, like Justin Herbert's going through this right now. Because Justin Herbert got all this hype as this next guy. is going to be the next dude. Teams are reveling in just pounding him. I mean, they're trying to rip his head off. And he's a talented guy, but that's, I mean, you, you have to figure out a way to how to navigate that. It's what Jalen Hurts had to go through the first month of the season. That's I'm so impressed with Hurts because he's so steel-minded that he he's able to merge to the other side. And, and you know, I, I do think that he is the real deal. It wasn't just a flash in the pan. But I, I, I guess the last point to make is if you, ha- if you have a guy that can make plays against NFL defenses at quarterback and just an offense in general, you can have, you can keep it rolling until somebody shows the scheme to slow you down. Then everybody's just going to copy that scheme. How do you evolve? That's why Mahomes and the Chiefs are so fascinating because they've had 
probably four different versions of defenses that throw a complete wrench into what they try to do, and they've evolved, and they've evolved, and they've evolved. The Eagles are have gone through it like once now. The Ravens have gone through it twice with Lamar Jackson. The Chargers are going through it, and they can't figure it out now. Everybody's doing the same stuff to them, and they can't figure out how to unlock the code. So that, and I think that's the next step, too. That's, that's why I think your point about Lawrence is so good, because Lawrence, he has sort of had that happen to him once or twice already, and he's busted through it, and now he, he continues to get better. Yeah, and he's also, the guys are coming along with him. you got to take people that's with right. you. And what you mentioned about Trevor La- or about uh, Justin Herbert, Coulter, is who has he not had all year? You know, had no Mike Williams right. and no Austin Eckler. I mean, you don't have Austin Eckler. You don't have a running back. Right. Um, you talked about, you know, teams aren't scared of anybody these days. Well, now everyone runs committees, but if you lose the head of the committee, it's a really challenging thing. Well, for sure. Felt. The other part is that sometimes when you lose the head of the committee, the thing that drives me so crazy is, like, th- think about the Chiefs. The Chiefs got the best quarterback in the league. They also have a whole bunch of undrafted free agent guys playing running back. But they still run the ball because you have to run the ball. Even if you're not good at it, you have to run the ball 20 times a game to set it all up. That's why if I was Josh Allen or if I was Justin Herbert, I would be so pissed at what the play calling is. Lamar Jackson sometimes even too. you got to run the ball. Like sometimes the Bills roll out there and they run the ball like 13 times and they wonder why Josh Allen's running around crazy and throwing all these picks. It's like you got to run the ball to be able to set stuff up, even if you're only averaging two and a half or three yards a carry. And so much of that is what the defense is showing you. So they're right. play calling to what the defense is lining up at. And, and you can get teams to throw the ball a lot by, by lining up in, light pers- or in heavy personnel a lot. For sure. I mean, look at the Packers. They've regressed so much since the first couple weeks of the year. And everybody's blaming it on Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. It's because Aaron Jones is hurt, and they they ha- they have gone completely away from the run game. When you do that, it just you want to know when all these defensive lines that are playing six, seven, eight guys just go crazy and feast when you're not running the ball, when they know you're throwing the ball, because it doesn't matter how good your offensive line is. The, if they're coming at you in waves, it's it's just impossible to stop. It's all football all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. All right, let's do some uh, guess the lines uh, for this week. All right, well, much like last week, Coulter, this I, week is I lit up too. all my guesses. I nailed them, and I'll give you the ones where I was off. So we'll see what you think. Okay, let's start with uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night. Okay, so I will say uh, I I don't look at these lines before we do this, but I usually do look at look at the Thursday line. So I have seen this line. I know it's eight and a half in favor of the Bills. I looked this line up because I was as we record this here on Tuesday. I really wanted to bet the Phillies game seven tonight at home to go to the World Series. And I was going to try to see if I could pair it with something on Thursday night. And I was like, well, the Bills to win is minus 600. So that's just kind of a worthless bet to even throw on a ticket in a parlay. But I also don't trust the Bills to cover minus eight and a half. So I don't know. I I hate this number. I I think the Tampa Bay could totally go cover that. Such a bad line. I guessed four and a half. yeah, I think that the you could even tease that up to ten and still get fine odds and for the Bucks to cover, you know, plus ten and if a half. If it moves I mean, in the way of the Bills, which it might, because even though the Bills have been so mercurial this year, the betting public still loves them some for some reason. If the line moves up to nine and a half, hammer Tampa Bay, hammer it. Yeah, I, think I might so even too. hammer it. At, I don't know, man. Even like over seven and a half just seems egregious to me. I they, think the Tampa Buc- Bay's going to cover a touchdown, the right? The Bucks can't score, so if you yeah. go on Sports Bet Machine, there is these bets called single event parlays where you can bet the Bills money line and the over under, and the over under is forty four and a half, which surprisingly seems low, but this time at, or at this point of this NFL season, it's actually relatively high for a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who can't score more than uh, sixteen points. I don't, I don't 
don't know if they've scored 20 this year. Um, I think that you could bet Bill's money line with paired with the under and get some action there. So we'll keep moving forward from the Thursday night game, Colt. We'll move into right. the Dolphins okay. hosting the New England Patriots. Dolphins coming off that tough loss on Monday night, 31-17. They didn't play great. There was, you know, quite the disparity in penalty calls. Um, yeah, Mike to let them know. Well, you know, Coulter, have you ever seen an NFL game where there was zero penalties called? On no, I have not. Zero. I have not. Zero. Have not, not one? I have not. I think he's got a, a pretty good He does uh, have a good case. Argument it's, there. It's, he has a good case. It's like Coach Marty said, though, take it to the league office. Have somebody else in your organization call this stuff out. You as the head coach can't be being a crybaby on Twitter. Mikey McDaniels can do it. Uh, that's exactly right. He's 12 years old. He has no rules. He's going to do whatever he wants. Uh, Dolphins and Patriots. Man, even though New England won last week over the Bills, I think that the, I mean, Vegas is just doghousing the Patriots. They're actually, uh, here's a piece of advice for you. Don't bet the Patriots, or I guess more especially, don't bet people to cover against the Patriots because the Patriots have been eight to 10 point dogs multiple times this year, and they've actually covered. I mean, they covered against the Eagles. Yeah, they're good on defense. I mean, they covered against the Eagles. They cover. They won against the Bills. I mean, that's multiple times where they're going to screw up your parlays or your your tickets. So I'm still saying, though, I'm saying Dolphins are 8.5 or 9.5-point favorites at home. Yeah, I thought that was 9.5's high. You know, I still guessed that, too, but I thought 9.5 was high for the way the Dolphins are coming off. But like you mentioned, at home, the highest over-under of the week, Coulter. Mm, 48.5. 47.5. Yeah. So just to let you guys know, that the average over the last decade has been about 46 and a half. Yeah. This year, the average that the, the, the books are giving out is 43 and a half. That's three points lower. You ready for this, Coulter? I'm ready. To, to date, compared to last year, 135 less touchdowns scored in the NFL. Whoa. Wild. It's a lot. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Let's All go, right, what else you got? Let's go to the Mondays. afternoon game. Okay. Um, Cincinnati at San Francisco. Cincinnati at San Francisco. Okay. Um, I think it's a good game. I think it's a good spot for the Bengals coming yeah, off a bye. There's so many more games this week. I'm just going there's no buys. I got the schedule no by weeks without the lines and uh, no bye weeks. Yeah, it seemed like there were so many less games there was these last six, couple weeks. There were six buys last week. Yeah, I could totally see that. So okay. three less games. So you got uh, Bengals at the 49ers. 49ers coming off a Monday night loss. Bengals coming off a bye, and the Niners Bengals are on a week coming short. Coming off of a bye, <sighs> or a day short on the week. I'm saying. 49ers, ah, they're not going to give the Bengals as much love as I think some people want. It's going to say three and a half, but I'm going to say four and a half. Yeah, you're right on it. Five and a half. Um, I thought it might even be a touchdown, but again, I think that the Monday night game, so in theory, the Niners aren't going to practice like any kind of physicality until Thursday. Right. And the Bengals have had two weeks off now, you know, the yeah. bye week going into this week. I mean, it's a major disparity. Yeah. If you ever look at Warren Sharp's rest disparity numbers, it's a massive impact in the NFL, especially if you play on a Thursday or a Monday and then the other team has a bye. There's some real challenges there um, that the, the 49ers will face. So we'll see how that plays out. I think it's a good spot for the Bengals, especially if you want to tease them the other way. You could also all, you always get the Niners down to zero, you know, pick them more or less, yeah. or you could get the Bengals up to close to nine. You know, I think that that would be an interesting bet considering that the Bengals, I do not think are going to go anywhere anytime soon didn't play well in the beginning of the season but I do think that there could be a little bit of a resurgence uh, okay one other game I want to guess uh, morning game Vikings Packers you know you would I, I, I just I, I just I don't know what I don't I want to guess it because I have no idea 
Oh, yeah, well, it's gross. Go I, for it. I think the Vikings should be four and a half to five and a half point favorites, but it's in Lambeau. And uh, the, there's several teams, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Raiders. The numbers are skewed because of like the national fan bases that those teams have. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Minnesota minus two and a half. I'm going to look up the most up-to-date Colter because what I have is Pick'em, and it Even. is now at Pick'em. Even money. Even money. Whew. Man. They Lambo play. at home. You think they, uh, they're they going to put that one on the big national TV? Well, here's the thing. The Vikings suck. The Packers are non-functional on offense. The Packers have looked so bad the last two weeks, like like unbelievably bad. Your phone and your computer are listening, and they're feeding it to Roger Goodell, and he's going to make sure that the nationally beloved Packers are, aren't going to lose this game. Man. Gross game. Gross game. Okay. Uh, hey, remember what I said, though? When we were talking about teams that need it, teams that, where the game is more important, this is one of those divisional games that it matters. So yeah. I would definitely you know, think twice when you're looking at this game. Okay, one other one that I got to say, just because we already made a rule. Our new rule is you don't bet Steelers games, period. No Steelers bets, not for or against. The Steelers are the weirdest team in the league. They're the worst 4-2 and two team in the league, for sure. But they're obviously not because they're not bad. Let's wait till they keep chugging away. Man, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you'd want, you watch them and you don't think they're any good and you think Kenny Pickett isn't any good and they're going to go 11-7 or something. You can junk it up in all sports, man, and football's... And you know, Mike Tomlin is, you know, I mean, I've gotten a little insight on Mike Tomlin and his strategies with this team because his son plays for Columbia uh, where Coach Marty's son... Sky is coaching. This is some insider information. Totally. So Marty and Mike Tomlin have been kicking it. Like, they were in New York City together last week. And Mike Tomlin's like, yeah, man, we're going to piecemeal this together, and I'm trying to get to the fourth quarter with the game tied, and we'll beat you in the fourth quarter. 100%. That's what they do. If you comes to the fourth quarter, we're going to beat you. So Steelers play the Jags. I bet you the Jags are favored on the road. I'm saying probably three and a half or four and a half. Two and a half. Yep. Don't bet the Steelers. Stay away from the Steelers. Wow, you don't like that, though? The Steelers getting points at home in a game they need? Oh, come see, on. Is, it's just, see, the Steelers have I love me, the Jags. The Steelers have burned me both sides this year, though. They burn me when I bet against them, and they burn me when I bet for them. I just don't trust them. Again, they're a team that is going... The reason that I say that... the I've said it for like four straight weeks that the Steelers need this win is because that's how Mike Tallman creates a culture. Yeah. They're four and two. If They don't need this win like it's other teams do, but they do because that's the urgency that he coaches to. And it's very hard to do. Very few people can do it. I think that he might be the only one in the league right now that is actually doing it. Awful ball of time presented by Sportsbet Montana here on Nuanas Now. Uh, one other point I wanted to get to before we talk about the Monday, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. Well, those are fun games. Those are great games. <laughs> Sunday night is Bears Chargers. Wee. And the Monday night game is Raiders Lions. How many primetime games can they put the Ra- Raiders on, man? What? I think they thought that Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams was going to be a thing. And, you know, Jimmy G, imagine that he can't play. He's not available. Imagine that. Yeah. He's been unavailable for three quarters of his career. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, just wanted to ask about the general dynamic of the fact that the AFC North, I think, is undeniably the best division in football right now. Yes. I think they got four teams that could make the playoffs. Yes. And that title, best division in football, has moved around a lot in the last 10 years. Moment in time, it was the NFC West when the Rams and, and Cardinals were both very good along with the Seahawks and the, the um, 49ers. Um, AFC West has had a little bit of that juice, with, like when the Broncos were good and the Chargers were good. Not so much anymore right now because it's the, the Chiefs and everybody else. The NFC East has had that. You win, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys and whatever. I just think that when 
The moniker of best division in football is the AFC North. It is the single best thing for the NFL because you have four of the most tradition-laden, rabid fan bases and four teams that fit like the brand of their city. Every game that's on primetime, the fans are going to show out and they're going to look good or whatever. But like the fans are not created equal like for the Rams and the Cardinals and the Eagles and the Steelers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's why I think it's just great that the AFC North, if all four teams are in playoff contention, some of these games in November, December, and January, when the weather is bad, and I mean, these are going to be absolute wars. It's going to be wild. My only betting advice on those games when they they come around, the second time around, second matchups against AFC North teams, if the weather is bad, bet the under all day long. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's very fun. And I think to be the best division in football, the moniker, as you mentioned, Coulter, I do think that at this point, especially with some of the divisions you've mentioned, you've got to have all four teams be real. There's been a lot of times where there's three teams and then there's a body bag game, and those, yeah. you know, those are, that team is going 0-6 in yeah. the division. It's just pointless, right? But like, it's very rare to get all four. You mentioned the NFC West in the last decade or so. They did have pretty much all four teams be quite competitive. Yeah. I don't think it touches what the AFC North has right now, especially defensively. Yes. And that's not just culturally, mentality-wise. That's talent-wise. I mean... There are some teams there that are just nasty, especially if the Bengals can figure it out because they sure. really, really looked bad the first couple of weeks. But I think if Joe Burrow gets healthy and they start to score some points and then they, they tighten it up on defense, uh, I mean, the sky's the limit. All right, Sunday Night Football is Bears at Chargers. Man. You going to talk about Badgett? Badgett is the is the the Bears Division Two hero quarterback, Harlan Hill Trophy winner, comes out, plays his first ever snaps in the NFL, and drops thirty on the Raiders, and the and the Bears win. His last snap of football was against Colorado School of Mines <laughs> in the playoffs, right? And they lost. They right? lost. And then he goes and pl- puts up thirty in the NFL. At so for those Field. for the Grizz fans listening, uh, Ty. Badgett lost to Colorado School of Mines, and then Colorado School of Mines went and lost to Ferris State in the Division II National Championship. There's all sorts of... I believe that Badgett has the most Division II passing touchdowns of all time, and, you know, he's just that guy. But, yeah, this is... I don't think that the... the, I think that he's going to ride the lightning for about another day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think this is going to last. Okay, here's... Before you guess the line, Coulter, trivia question. How many undrafted quarterbacks have started a game in NFL history? How many undrafted quarterbacks have started a game in NFL history? Kurt Warner. It's higher than you think if you're going to try to name them. So 20, 25. 17. Yeah. And guess who one of those quarterbacks is? His counterpart in that game, Brian Hoyer, who has now lost 13 straight games, which is the second longest uh, losing Wait, streak. Herbert out? I'm saying against when they played the Raiders this oh, last right, week. right, right, Hoyer, yeah, yeah. Brian Hoyer. 13 straight losses is the second longest losing streak in NFL history. Only two, Deshaun Kaiser, 16 straight. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Things to know before you bet the Raiders. Gosh, okay. Bears at yeah, why the do Chargers. Bet the Raiders? Such a bad bet. Well, because the Bears suck. We suck. Yes, that's true. Uh, <laughs> we don't, actually. We're really good at this. Last week was just a really hard week. Really hard week. I was, I'm like, I was like having trepidation. At the machine, like, what am I gonna do? How, you I, bet against the D two quarterback. That's yeah, what that, you do. That's that's it's what you not do. A bad that's bet. what you do. It's not a bad bet. Uh, okay, I, the Chargers are definitely favored in this. I don't know by how many though. I'm gonna say the Chargers minus four and a half. Eight and a half. 
Yikes. Isn't that high? It's really it's high. really high. I mean, but they need to get right. Especially because so. especially a lot of times when you see those eight and a half, it's because the game is in Buffalo or something. No. It's in L.A. Warm where there's... weather, L.A. No one cares no about one, the Chargers. The Bears, there'll be a ton of Bears fans. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird line. That's a like totally weird line. Stay away from that line. Monday okay. night, Las Vegas at Detroit. Big get right game for the tr- Detroit. I'm saying Detroit is... Uh, Touchdown favorite with the hook, seven and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and high a half. Again, high again. Man. Other high, other high ones this week, Kansas City at Denver, seven and a half point favorites. Baltimore at Arizona, eight and a half point favorites. Okay, so I know you hate the total, but what do we think of the total on Monday Night Football? First of all, what is it? Like 40? 45 and a half. So I hate the spread, but I know the Lions are going to win that game. So that's why I'm asking about the total because I like you bet the Lions money line plus the total. But I, I think don't know the Lions like roll. I mean, the the, the Raiders are going to play O'Con- Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, if yeah. Jimmy G can't go. They're not going to play Hoyer again. Yeah, I just don't know if you go over under, though. The Lions and what? The Lions and the under? Yeah, I mean, right now, the it's, unders, are, it's unders across the board. But, like, you know, I was hammering the Browns-Colts under this last week, and they scored 65. So it's like, I'm out on totals. 77, in fact. I'm out on totals. Yeah. That was a complete anomaly, though. That was a complete anomaly. That is not a bad bet. That is a good bet to bet the under in that game. Yeah, especially when Miles Garrett has two forced fumbles, two sacks, <laughs> a blocked field goal, and they still give up 35 points? Like how's 38 it, points. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? Uh, all right, all football all the time. Nuana's now. Uh, any other good points to leave yeah, the folks Coulter, with? My main point that I always go with is home dogs. Guess what, folks? Home dogs. Last week, there were six of them. They went 6-0. and Yep. On covering and 5-1 and one on Long wins and losses. Line. And yep. guess who the only one that lost? The Colts lost by one point. Yep. It should have been 6-0 on the money line. Who are six home and dogs oh. this week? This week, Colter, there's eight of them. And, and it might be nine if the Vikings get even just get a half a point in Lambeau. The Giants are home dogs. The Steelers, the Commanders, the Packers right now are kind of home dogs. The Titans, the Broncos, the Cardinals, and the Panthers are all home dogs. Remember, guys, on the season, 24 and 19. Man. And last year, 58 and 43. Oh, man. Home the- dogs. There's eight of them, Coulter. I would say conservatively that three of those are yeah, going to cover. The problem is that some of those three of those are going to cover. I know some of those teams just suck. Do you want me to read you last week's? The Bears, the Colts, the Giants, the <laughs> Patriots, the Broncos. They all not only covered, they, they won. won. I know. Gosh. Okay. Home field is real. Eight. Eight of the 16 games are home dogs. Pay all attention right. to it. Pay attention. Pay attention to the home dogs. All football time presented by Sportsnet Montana. Uh, Sportsbet Montana's kiosks all around the state. Go to their website, click on locations. You can find where you can place your bets. Uh, we'll do this every Thursday here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues 
in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jschultilaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. One is now ESPN Radio. The Vandals Weekly and yet another huge game coming up in Moscow, Idaho. It's so cool that we have all of these primetime games between some of the best in the Big Sky Conference. And this week, number two, Montana State coming to the Kibbe Dome. We're joined now by Jason Eck, the head coach uh, of the Idaho Vandals. And Coach, I'm not going to ask you the cliche question about uh, what you did on your bye week. I want to ask you, what do you think is the most productive thing that maybe happened during your bye week uh, this last week of the week off? Well, I think we got a lot of good recruiting in. You know, we had... Uh, cool. You know, with the rules now, we can have uh, 13 guys get out on the road, and uh, we had all 13 guys out on uh, Friday night watching games. So, I think mean, that's big. You know, investing in the future and getting those guys, and then you know, also thought we had uh, you know three good practices just to work work on shoring up some fundamentals and things that have you know we haven't been very good with this year. Recruiting wise, I mean, how important is it for you guys, just from an evaluation standpoint, to see prospects and recruits in person? I think it's huge. You can see some stuff you can't see on tape that, uh, you know, sometimes reflect, you know, leadership and character and uh, work ethic and, you know, what, what uh, you know, what kind of teammate they are. So I think that's really valuable. And, uh, you know, there's just some things you miss sometimes in film. So, you know, our camps are a big part of that. Uh, but also uh, getting out to see those guys on person. And, you know, we have uh, – you know, some of the guys who committed to us who then, you know, have other big sky schools coming and offer afterwards after they're committed and you want to keep those guys, you know, warm. You want to make sure they're, uh, you know, locked in with you and they're not looking around. So that uh, was kind of a combination of both last week. Well, I know we talked last week just all about the ins and outs and the details of, of the Montana game, uh, but just now having another week uh, from that, with, with that in the rear view, uh, how do you think just your team vibe is and, and just the team confidence and all that going into this other, next big game on Saturday? Well, you know, you almost get kind of a do-over. You know, you got you had a ranked team uh, at home with a great atmosphere and a great crowd, and uh, you know, guess what? Two weeks later, now we get another great team, an even better team. I think, I think this team is, uh, you know, much better. But uh, you have another ranked team in the Kibbe Dome with a sellout crowd, and uh, you know, a great opportunity to for us to play better. And again, that's that's really, uh, you know, what I'm looking for in this game. I want to play well. I want to play our, our best football. Uh, now this team is so good. You know they're the kind of team that if you bring your A game and they bring their A game, uh, you know might not always show up the way you want to on the scoreboard. But you know we got to control, we can control and, and play really well. Well, I know you talked a lot about managing, you know, all the exterior stuff uh, during the, this last big time game when Montana was in town. So what sort of stuff did you learn and uh, that you can carry over just in terms of game week preparation and just game day operation uh, on Saturday? You know, I think just focusing on the next play, you know, focusing on the next play and making sure you have uh, great focus on, you know, what your job is on that uh, offensive play or defensive call, uh, and then doing that with great effort and doing it with great physicality because uh, Montana State surely is a very uh, physical football team. When it comes to the fronts, that's obviously a huge part of every football game, but that's a huge strength for Montana State. I know your offensive line has got a little banged up the last couple of weeks, so where are you at with your offensive line unit coming into this game? 
Uh, fortunately, having the bye week, we were able to get Tagana Cisse back, um, so that'll be big. Uh, having him back, you know, you, you know, Eli Sanchez is out for the year, but uh, you know, we got uh, you know kind of six guys who played meaningful snaps right now this year, uh, you know, available to us, and then some other young guys who are you know working in there in the, in the two deep as well. But it'll be a great challenge. You know, their defensive front is very good. Uh, you know, the two guys who really stand up to me are. Um, uh, number 10, Brody, and then uh, Sebastian Valdez, number 95. I think those guys are both great players. And, uh, and then our, you know, our D-line's got to be ready to go, too, because I think their offensive line is uh, very well coached and an excellent group. This is uh, – it's interesting because you coached at Montana State. That's where I first met you that one season you were there uh, at MSU. So, uh, I mean, what's it going to be like for you coaching against the Bobcats now? But also, I mean, what do you just think of the, the way that their program has evolved and changed and grown since you were there in 2015? It's been impressive, and uh, you know, Coach Vegan's had a role in the last couple of years. I know Coach Chote, uh, uh you know, did a good job as well. You know, kind of getting them uh, beating Montana all his years, and then now I think Vegan's taking it to the next level and getting them going farther uh, in the playoffs. So uh, you're happy for them. You know, I think it's a, it's a good place. They got a great fan base there, uh, a lot of great people there in Bozeman. Uh, so it's neat to see them uh, do well and. Uh, you know, like the old line's been a big part of it. Uh, I was happy for Al Johnson. You know, he was a guy who was a uh, a teammate of mine for a year, and then I, I coached him for three years when I was a GA at Wisconsin. So I know he's done well there, transitioning uh, there. The last old line coach, I you know, went to Fresno, did a good job for him as well. Uh, was a very good coach. But uh, uh, and Coach Vegan, someone I got great you know, respect for, just uh, you know, watching him over the years, whether he was at North Dakota State or Wyoming. Um, you know, they had a lot of good coaches on that staff, and they play uh, a really good brand of football, and, uh, you know, they built a, uh, you know, one of the top teams in FCS. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had any crossover with Al Johnson at Wisconsin. That's cool that there's a couple Wisconsin guys having a, a, an impact on the big sky. Yeah, I think that worked out, uh, you know, well for uh, for Al. You know, he, we, we talked a little bit during the process, and, you know, I told him, uh, you know, we really enjoyed living there as a family. Told it was expensive to live. That's the the negative about Panda Bozeman, but uh, it's a uh, you know great place, great support. Uh, you know, they had good talent to work with. Um, you know, it's it's a good place. You know, I think we even though it didn't uh, end great on the field with uh, you know our staff getting let go. Uh, you know, I still think we have a lot of good memories. Our, our youngest son was born in Bozeman, and uh, uh, you know enjoyed that area a lot. One thing I've been fascinated by is just the evolution of offensive line play, but also the recruiting and the development within the big sky. And there's a variety of different ways to go about it. There's also just a variety of different, you know, pipelines and, and recruiting areas and stuff like that you can have in the big sky. It's just been fascinating because there's just so many different formulas to maybe get, uh, you know, great, good to great offensive line play. And the one thing I've been so impressed about with Montana State uh, over the 15 years I've covered them is – that you know, they definitely had ebbs and flows across the roster and in the coaching staff and and all that sort of stuff. But the one tried and true thing is that they're always at least good, if not really good, to great on the offensive front. You haven't just—I know it's only a year, but I mean, haven't been there. Why is that? I mean, is there any particular factors you can point to that's helped Montana State have such consistency on the offensive front? Well, I I really think this carries uh, you know. Something that I uh, think carries over in the Dakotas and Montana, and I, and I think we're going to try to do the same thing here at Idaho. Uh, you know, you have a lot of young men who are, you know, growing up in cold weather areas. You know, areas that, uh, you know, you don't, uh, you can't be outside playing, you know, in the, in the yard twelve months a year because of weather. And uh, you know, I, I saw this even, 
when I was the year I was at Montana State because we had a pretty narrow recruiting focus. The year I was at Montana State, we were really just recruiting three states. We were recruiting Texas, California, yeah. and Montana. And when and when you watch the you know the junior tape of high school kids and we're evaluating them, you know you know almost always the the uh, you know the kids from California and Texas look better on tape. But then you went back and you, know, you look like the last ten years. Who are the guys who are all big sky for Montana State? And probably half of them were Montana guys. So, you know, I, I think you really got to, you know, handicap, you know, when you're evaluating that those guys are just a little bit late developing. You know, when, you, totally. when you're in California and it's 70 degrees or 60 degrees year round and you can be out doing athletic things your whole life, uh, I, I think just you know, when, when you're 17, 18 years old, you're just a little closer to your ceiling than a young man who grows up in, you know, Montana or North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Idaho. And uh, so I think you can, I think by recruiting, you know, high school kids, you know, close by, you can get some late developers that, um, you know, you know, maybe are a little bit behind their development when they're freshmen, but they can catch up and have just as high a ceilings as guys who were, uh, you know, maybe more highly touted uh, out of high school. So I- there you go, Jason Eck here on Nuanas. Now it's an excerpt from our Vandals Weekly, SkyOnSportsMT.com. Each week... I catch up with Coach Eck for 15 minutes, and then Andrew Houghton uh, catches up with an Idaho player. Uh, it's a new addition to Skyline Sports, uh, Vandals Weekly. And uh, this happened to work out pretty good that Idaho plays Montana, Montana State uh, twice in the same month. So we heard from Coach Eck uh, two weeks ago, and uh, there's an excerpt of that from this week. If you want more on the matchup, that is live on SkylineSportsMT.com. Maybe we'll play the second half of that tomorrow, but we are just plumb up against it. So... So last thoughts on Thursday Night Football next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. hockey team up 3-1. to one. We'll drop right into that game as soon as we are off the air. You're listening to Nuanas Now. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Missed anything in the show? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Thursday Night Football is coming up. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. The Bucs are a heck of a lot better than people think just in terms of their record. They've been a little bit up and down. They haven't been able to score uh, very well at all lately, but they still stacked up a couple wins. The Bills have had a couple moments where they looked like one of the best teams in the NFL. They've also had a couple moments where you're like, what's the what's going on? I mean, they lost to the Patriots last week. How? I mean, the Patriots hadn't scored in like a month, and they beat the Bills. So if, if it comes to the wagering on this, the Bucs are, uh, the line has moved to nine and a half. I just the Bucks are good on defense. I, I really don't think the Bucks are going to get blown out tonight. The Bills are just too inconsistent. The Bills, first of all, the Bills can't run the ball the, the, until the Bills can run the ball. They they are going to be up and down because they just put the ball in Josh Allen's hands and they make him just run all over the place and make plays. That works really well a lot more often than not. It also doesn't work sometimes though, and it's why they fall apart. He's a great player. He's not a immortal. <laughs> like He's going to get hurt because of the way he runs around all crazy. And he also is still prone to make bad decisions. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm thinking the Bucks to cover, and I'm thinking 
maybe get some money on the under. I don't know. Maybe if you think the Bills are going to win, bet the Bills money line plus the under, and then maybe hedge it with the Bucks to cover. We'll let you know how it goes. Tomorrow, Jam Pack Show again, the big human, Mike Kramer. He played at Idaho. He coached at Montana State. He'll help us break down Bobcats at Vandals, plus Carol, the Chicken No Sports, and a whole bunch of high school football. We'll see you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with their shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.